If you're here for the very first time, thank you so much for joining us. I, uh, uh, we're in a series right now called Margin. We started a couple of weeks ago, and here at Connect, we like to teach through series. It kind of keeps us focused, but each week is a standalone message. So if it is your first time, you get to jump in and listen to what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, we've been talking about the idea that it's important to have some element of margin in our lives, in our busy lives, and everything that goes on. Uh, if we're not careful, we just kind of live life to the very edge in our relationships, in our finances, in our work, and, and things suffer as a result of that. So we're going to look at another aspect this morning of what it looks like to create some margin in our lives. And to set you up for where we're going to go this morning, I need to take you way, 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 way back to when I was just a, uh, um, a little guy, maybe eight, nine years old, so uh, living with my mom and dad, and I had a friend who lived down the street, his name was Robbie Ells, and uh, Robbie and I, we were just best friends, we were always hanging out together, and I was either down at his house, or he was up at my house, and we just had a great time, and um, we, uh, we would do all sorts of things, and one of our favorite pastimes at my house, we had a kind of a big circle drive that was um, like an asphalt drive, so we had roller skates, the pair of us, I'm talking like four wheels on each corner. This is way before rollerblades, you know, these roller skates. And we play roller skate soccer, which, as you can imagine, was a terrible idea. It was um, my driveway, two goals, trying to play soccer on roller skates. So it's a miracle that I'm alive to tell you this story today. But I do remember there was one time where Robbie and I were in my backyard, and we had a long backyard that went all the way to kind of the end, and there was a big uh, hedge at the end and a fence uh, that backed onto our neighbor's backyard. He, too, had a long backyard. And at the end of his backyard there were trees and kind of a wooded area so uh, one day Robbie and I decided we're going to creep into the neighbor's backyards we're going to go and check out this other backyard so I remember climbing through the fence uh, through the hedge I, I don't remember all the specifics but I'm sure it was Robbie's idea and not mine because I was a good kid and um we went through the hedge, and I remember kind of creeping through this wooded area, and we got a little bit closer to the guy's house, and a little bit closer, and a little bit closer, and suddenly we hear this, hey, you, and it's the neighbor. He's in the yard, and we see him kind of running towards us, so we just, I mean, we're like eight, nine years old. We are terrified, so we run back through the woods, through the hedge, into my backyard. We're safe. He didn't catch us. I'm kind of out of breath. I'm like, well, that was close. I'm glad he didn't catch us. Now we're safe here. I'll never know it was us. And I can just see this look of horror on Robbie's face. And I'm like, Robbie, what is it? And he looks down, and there he is wearing just one shoe. I'm like, Robbie, where's your other shoe? He says, I don't know. He says, I was just running, and somewhere back there it came off. And then we hear this neighbor shouting at the fence. He's like, does this belong to one of you? do that walk of shame as we went back and realized that we were busted and um, I think he probably told us off maybe the parents got involved but uh, as an adult now it's, it's funny I tell this story to my kids and like I think I told them once and several times since then they're like dad tell us that Robbie L story again they just think it's an amazing story but um, as a dad now and a homeowner I I, the, pick, the story's a little bit different. I mean, I, I realize now it probably wasn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, I was in my neighbor's yard. But at the time, at eight years old, I felt like I'd just robbed the crown jewels. I mean, I felt like it was the worst heist we'd ever been involved in. I remember just the fear and the terror back then. But uh, it got me thinking about the subject matter this morning because we're going to talk a little bit about relationships. And what I've come to realize in my life and the lives of others is that our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. 
You're going to hear me share this phrase a lot this morning. Our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. I bet if we paused for a moment here and thought back through our lives at some of the highs and the lows, some of the greatest moments in our lives and maybe some of the most challenging moments of our lives, we might find that that some of those highs were associated with a relationship that we were in with someone else or a friendship that we had. Maybe, Maybe some of the lows, maybe some of the poor decisions we made in our lives as we look back, maybe there was someone else involved in that decision. I don't know if Robbie L's mom says, you need to stop hanging out with that Dave Jane, or Dave Jane's mom said, you need to stop hanging out with that Robbie L's. But for the most part, we were good kids, okay? We just were dying to know what was in this backyard. But I've come to realize that our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. So with that being the case, I want to spend a few minutes this morning just thinking about the idea of margin, Because I think maybe some of us need to create some margin, some space in our lives when it comes to the area of relationships. We're going to take a look at what it looks like to create margin to make more room for relationships. Some of us get so busy that the important relationships in our lives get crowded out. And we may need to create some margin to allow that quality time with those important people in our lives. But then we're going to look a little bit at maybe how some of us need to create some margin, create some space with those toxic relationships, those bad relationships in our lives. Maybe we're going to need to create some space and a bit of a barrier between some of those people that kind of had to, tend to lead us in the wrong direction. So before we jump in to talk about this, I want to just clarify when I'm talking about margin what I mean. Because for a couple of weeks, we've been talking about this now. Andy spoke about it the first week. Last week, I spoke about it. But I, I came across this image that I thought would define very clearly why we're using the word margin. So in this picture here, you'll see the word margin is written twice in two different boxes. So here's the word margin. Here's the word no margin. Do you see how no margin goes all the way up to the edge? But the word margin, there's kind of that nice space around it. The reason we've called this series margin and not um, line or boundary or something like that is because I think if we look at just a line in our life, like this is the line I'm going to set, if you're anything like me, we tend to get just right up as close to that line as we can, don't we? If we've made a a decision that this is where I'm going to set the line where it comes to my work-life balance, my finances, my relationships, I'm going to set the line right here. Well, if you're anything like me, we then try and live as close to that line as possible. And you know what happens? Inevitably, we cross the line. We step over the line. And we wonder why financially and relationally and and work-life balance we struggle. It's because we're constantly stepping over the line. So the idea behind margin is to create a much bigger line. That way, if we do tend to step over a little bit, we're still only in the margin. So some of us, I think, have to stop, you know, kind of coming up with this hard line that's right on the very edge. We have to start looking at our lives and say, what would a margin look like in this area to create more space? So when it comes to the relationships in your life, what does margin look like? I think there are several different relationships in our life. 
If you think about it, I mean, there's all sorts of relationships. There's the lady that cuts your hair. There's the barista at the coffee shop. There's the neighbor whose name you're not totally sure of, but every time you see him or her, you wave. You've actually had a few conversations with them, but you still don't know their name or they don't know your name. I've got a good friend in England. His name's Rick, and things just always seem to happen to Rick. Rick's got a neighbor just like that, and uh, he told me a story recently about a, a Christmas. Uh, he, they always wave. They always say hi. He's, he's got their names wrong. They've got his names wrong. So this Christmas, he actually got a Christmas card from them. It was a very deep, meaningful Christmas card. We've got a picture of the card as it arrived in the, uh, the letterbox at his house. It said on the outside to number one, which is where Rick lives. It's not his status in life. That's the address he's at, okay, to number one. On the back, from number two. <laughs> yeah. So Rick opens the, uh, the envelope, and inside was this beautiful Christmas card just for you at Christmas, and inside this very meaningful message to all at number one from all at number two. <laughs> These aren't the relationships we're going to look at this morning, okay? These relationships, they're fairly shallow. We've all got them, okay? And they're not really making a huge difference in our lives. But I want to look at, at three pretty major relationships. I want to talk about our relationship this morning with God. And I want to talk about our relationship with our family. So that's our spouse, our kids. And then finally, I want to talk about the relationship that we have with those close inner circle people in our lives. So those are the three areas we're going to look at. And we're going to discover in every single area that our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. Whether it comes to God or our family or the inner circle, our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. So let's look for a moment at our relationship with God. Now, I know this morning, and I love this about Connect, I know this morning that when we talk about something like our relationship with God, that there's a, very, uh, there's a variety of different people here this morning. I know because I know some of you, I know some of you, your relationship with God is one that has been going on for years and years now. For many, many years, you've had a relationship with God, you've followed him faithfully. You could even say this morning, my, my relationship with God is stronger now than it's ever been. And that's awesome. I think there are some of you here this morning who, who could also say, yeah, I too have had a relationship with God for many years, for a long time now. I've been involved in church and things of faith, but... If I'm completely honest this morning, it's, it's at a bit of a difficult stage right now. It's a little bit stagnant. I've got some questions. Things, things aren't where they once were. That's where I find myself this morning when it comes to a relationship with God. I know there are some of you here this morning that your relationship with God is brand new. In fact, before we started to connect six or seven years ago, you weren't here. You weren't anywhere on a Sunday morning. But here you find yourselves in church this morning pursuing a relationship with God. And then I know there are some of you here this morning, and I love that you're here, and you're still not sure what a relationship with God would even look like. Maybe you're here with your family or your friends or your spouse brings you. You're kind of checking things out, kicking the tires, but you're still not really sure exactly what a relationship with God looks like and how that would play out in your life. So it can be hard to talk about your relationship with God. Well, we've got people from so many different backgrounds at so many different points on the spectrum. So let me just say one thing here this morning that I think is really important that we all understand. Because no matter where you find yourself this morning, this is true for every single one of you in this room. 
That is that God wants a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with you. Whether you've been following him for years or whether you're still unsure, God wants a relationship with you. When Jesus was on earth, he had some, um, some close people who, who knew him better than anyone else. As a result of their, their relationship with Jesus, they got to understand more about who Jesus was and more about who God was. And one of these men, his name was John. He actually went on to write some um, letters later on in the New Testament, three of them. And I think the words that he wrote are so powerful because this isn't just something he wrote knowledge, theoretical. This is something he wrote because he'd spent time with Jesus. Listen to what John said about God's desire to have a relationship with you. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. John defines what real love is. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. When it comes to a relationship with God, he's already made the first move. Wherever you find yourself this morning, God loves you so much. He's desperate to have a relationship with you. So whether you've been following him for a long time or you're still not sure, he's, he's reaching out to you this morning. He loves you so much. And sometimes I think we discount ourselves. We say, well, if you knew who I was or if you knew what I'd done, God knows that. God knows who you are. He knows everything about you. And yet he still loves you dearly this morning and wants a relationship with you. So how should we respond to that? If God really is, is seeking this relationship with us, then, then what should we do in response? Because if our relationships determine the, the quality and the direction of our life, then what kind of impact will a relationship with God have on our lives? I think it can have a great impact on your life if you're willing to pursue that relationship. Now, some of you are already saying, but Dave... <laughs> Obviously, we're willing to pursue it. We're here, aren't we? We've taken an hour out of our week to be here this morning. So, so we're, we're, we're in. We're up for a relationship with God. And that is awesome. Because I know that for some of you, it wasn't very long ago that this, this didn't happen on a Sunday morning. This is already an hour more than you ever used to spend in church. So that's great. But, but I want to maybe challenge you this morning that you're just scratching the surface. That there is so much more to this relationship with God that he desperately wants time with you. He desperately wants you to create margin in your busy lives for him. To create some space in your week outside of just a Sunday morning for him. That's how your relationship with God will grow. There's a great story in the New Testament told of Jesus when he visited the house of Mary and Martha one day. You might be familiar with the story, but basically Jesus was there and um, Martha was really excited that Jesus was coming to visit the house. So uh, she wants to make sure that the house looked amazing. So she's working hard and she's getting the place looking clean and she's busy preparing food because anytime Jesus went anywhere, there was normally a crowd went with him. So it wasn't just Jesus that showed up. There was at least the disciples, probably some others as well. So, so this little entourage has, has found their way into Mary and Martha's home. So obviously Martha being a great 
great homeowner that she is, uh, homemaker that she is, she decided, I, I want to make sure that everything looks the best it possibly can for Jesus. And in the midst of her busyness, she looks around and there's Mary doing nothing. Just sat at the feet of Jesus. Just listening to him teach, learning more about who he is. And Martha's pretty upset. In fact, she's so upset that rather than say something to Mary, she says something to Jesus. She goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, teacher, master, come on. Have you not seen what's going on here? Look at lazy bones just sat here doing nothing. And look at me. Look at all that I'm doing for you and your friends. I wouldn't do this if you hadn't brought this whole crowd with you. But here I am cooking, making everything look good. And I think Martha's thinking, this is going to end really well for me and really badly for Mary because Jesus is going to be like, you know what, Martha? I apologize. I missed that. You are Mary, get up. Get to work. Grab that broom. Come on, help your sister here. That's how Martha's expecting this to play out. So I think she was probably more shocked than anyone when Jesus said, Martha, there'll always be time for this. I'm only here for a limited amount of time. Mary's made the right decision. She's choosing to spend time with me. As somebody who loves to be busy, loves to always be doing things, even in the name of Jesus, I like to be busy. I struggle reading that story because I tend to relate more to Martha than Mary. I'm the one who's always doing, doing. Jesus, look at how much I'm doing. Isn't this awesome? And Jesus uses that moment to say, sometimes it's important to stop doing, to create some margin, to create some space. And just sit at the foot of Jesus. That's what Mary's doing. She's spending time with Jesus. And I think that's a relationship that we can cultivate, we can grow in our lives. And sometimes it's going to require putting down the, the broom or whatever else keeps us busy during our week. And not just thinking, well, I was there for an hour on Sunday, so I'm good. <laughs> But creating some space, finding a margin in our lives where we can say, God, I want this time, this time in the morning. We call this uh, a devotional time or devotions. You might have heard those words before. So just to, to maybe read some scripture, listen to some worship music, read a, a study plan or a Bible plan in something like the Version app. But whatever it is, something that creates a little bit of space outside of a Sunday a small group, devotion, some way to grow that relationship with God. You know, we also need to make margin for the loved ones in our lives. We talked about this last Sunday. If you weren't here, we talked all about the challenge of the, the work-life balance and how having jobs is fantastic and very, very important. But sometimes our jobs can, can encroach so much on our families. And we live in a day and age now where we're constantly available. And thanks to our wonderful devices, you know, we can always be contacted by our boss or our customer or our employees. And um, it can be great for productivity and it can be great for work. But oftentimes what suffers is our family. We talked about this last week. I had many people come up to me afterwards and say, Dave, that message was just for me. I think so many of us that really the message was for all of us. We can all get too busy if we're not careful. So we have to create margin in our lives for our family. 
Because our relationships will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And I don't know about you, but when it comes to the direction and the quality of my life, I want my wife and my kids to be a part of the best possible direction and quality possible. But it's going to require me creating that margin. I shared this last week, I have to be honest, this is why this series has been a tough one for me to study for and prepare and and preach on, because if I'm totally honest, if the weather was so bad this morning that we didn't have church, I'd still be here. I'd be stood right here because I need to hear what I'm talking about this morning, if no one else does. When it comes to to family, I'm I'm so guilty of this. Sometimes um, work, and maybe you can relate to this, for me, work is the church. Why is it that when when something happens, when there's extra work required or something something has to be dropped to, to get something done, why is it that it's always my family that tends to suffer? It's easy, isn't it, sometimes to think, well, I know I'd plan to do this with my spouse, or I know I plan to do it with my kids, but this has just come up, so I'll just, I'll put this off for now, and we'll get back to that tomorrow, we'll do that another time. But we very easily, don't we, make that choice and that margin shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. And I think those relationships are important. So the first solution would be to, to get rid of the busyness in our lives. But the reality is many of us, our jobs, we, uh, we, we'll, we'll always be busy. There'll always be pressure. There'll always be meetings that crop up at the last minute. So what I've tried to do, okay, this is the, the philosophy I've tried to follow with my family when it comes to margin, when it comes to building those relationships. I've learned this, this little secret from the banking industry. Okay, so I'm actually going to reveal that secret to you this morning. So we actually have a few people at Connect who are a part of the banking industry. So they're probably a little worried now because I'm about to expose the banking industry secret. Okay, it's a very closely guarded secret, but I'm going to tell you how banks work. Okay, so, so here's how banks work. Basically, um, you as a customer, you make deposits... And then, because you've made deposits, you can make a withdrawal. I know, it's very difficult to understand. It's a very complex system that the banks have put into place. So let me break it down a little bit more for you. So tomorrow morning, Monday, you go to the bank and you deposit $5. Wednesday, you go again, you deposit another $5. Friday, you go back a third time, you deposit another $5. For those not tracking with me, that's 15 so far, okay? Okay. Do you know what you can do on Saturday? You can actually go and withdraw $5. You could actually withdraw $10. If you were feeling really crazy, if it's a big weekend you got planned, you could withdraw all $15. Do you know what you can't do? Withdraw $20. Now, actually, those who are in the bank industry will say, actually, you can, and we'd like you to, because <laughs> that's how we make our money. But... Uh, <laughs> But the reality is, if you keep making withdrawals without making deposits first, at some point, that bank manager, he or she, they're going to give you a call and say, hey, we'd love to meet with you. (laughs) Talk a little bit about the account because it's not really working out the way we planned. (laughs) You're spending a lot of our money. (laughs) Your withdrawals are happening faster than your deposits. So that makes so much sense, doesn't it, when it comes to banking? So why can't we apply that same logic in our relationships? You see, the reality is, if your life is anything like mine, things happen during the week. Things get busy. Things crop up. Meetings that you didn't know were happening happen. And things get changed. And, and what that does, 
whether it's work-related or, or anything else, it can, it can be a withdrawal in the relationship of your family. It can be a withdrawal of time with your spouse, with your kids. And there's only so many times you can have those withdrawals if you've not had some significant deposits. So what I've tried to do as a husband and a father, when it comes to creating margin and space, I try to be intentional at making those deposits. I try to be intentional to carve out time to spend with Casey, just one-on-one, where we can have some, some meaningful conversation, maybe go out for a meal and just, just connect. And, and we, in our busy lives, we can't do that all the time, but as long as I can try and make those deposits, it makes a difference. I've talked about this before. We, we try, um, if we can, at least once a year just to get away, just the two of us together. Sometimes it's just a night in Chicago. Sometimes we're fortunate enough to go away for a few days and go somewhere uh, nice, a beach or somewhere like that, and just spend some, some quality time together. That's important for us because that's like a deposit into our marriage. I try to do the same with my kids. I try to spend time with them and look for those opportunities to have that quality family time. We were just back in England over um, Christmas, New Year, and we always try and do some things while we're back, so we get to visit with family, but we also get to kind of feel like we're on vacation, and one of the things we did last time we were back, and we did it again this time, because it was such a lot of fun, we did an escape room. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but they're a lot of fun. And this particular escape room in London had a kind of theme of the Battle of Britain. So we were now working together to solve puzzles and to to figure out clues so that we could um, launch all the planes to head out over Germany. And uh, it was just this whole World War II theme. In fact, I think I've got a picture of my family. There we uh, all are. (laughs) We were really getting into it. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty serious. So... uh, (laughs) But for one hour together, we're solving puzzles, and I've got three wonderful children. And and just for an hour, we're in this room, and they're working together. They're getting along. They're solving puzzles. We're all playing a part. Honestly, I'm not kidding. The first time we did this, it was such an amazing family experience. As we were leaving, and I was talking about how proud I was of the kids and how they all worked together, I started to tear up. It was just this beautiful family moment. It's like no one was arguing. We were Team Jane. It was like you guys all loved each other. It was amazing. I've I've never seen that before. The reality is it's not like that every day in our house. Maybe we need to like set up a challenge. Okay, guys, we've got to clean our rooms because it's the Battle of Britain. <laughs> there are clues to be solved, puzzles to be done. Where is that sock? Let's find it. <laughs> I look at that as a deposit, a deposit into the lives of, of my family. And, and maybe that's where we need to create some margins. It's difficult sometimes to shave away the busyness, but what we can do knowing that there will be many withdrawals coming in the future, is look to be intentional in some deposits we make. The last area. Last area is that inner circle of friends, those people you do life with, the people you're close to. I want to challenge you that maybe, just maybe some of us here this morning need to make a little bit of margin A little bit of space between those people. If we're honest with ourselves, they're not the the greatest influence in our lives. Because if our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life, then we probably need to ask ourselves this question. Are there toxic relationships that we may need to create some space in? I'm not saying cut off completely, but maybe create a little bit of a margin there because of the impact that person is having on our lives. 
Thousands of years ago, a very wise man by the name of Solomon, he wrote a collection of Proverbs. And listen to one of the Proverbs that Solomon wrote. In chapter 13, verse 20, he said, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Do you know what I like about that verse? It's it's what Solomon kind of infers there, what he doesn't say. Because he says, walk with the wise and become wise. He doesn't then say, walk with the fools and become foolish. No, he says, walk with the fools and you're going to get in trouble. And the reality is, if we look back over our lives, I just have to go back to me and Robbie Ells. Sometimes we can find some relationships in our lives where we're like, you know what? I wonder if I would have done that had I not been in that situation with that person. You see, if you've got friends here this morning who aren't careful with their finances, they're not going to help you be careful with your finances. If you've got friends here this morning who haven't made um, an emphasis on working hard on their marriage, they're not going to support you in the work it's going to take to work hard on your marriage. If you have friends who don't care about faith or church, they're not going to help you grow in your faith. If you have friends that continually seem to be making poor decisions in life, they're not going to help you make wise decisions. If you have friends like this, friends you spend a lot of time with, you may need to create a little bit of margin and a little bit of space between you and them. And you might think this morning, well, Dave, that sounds a little bit judgmental, isn't it? I mean, you said we've got to reach people that don't know Jesus. And and I know it can sound judgmental, but let me just push back on that a little bit. Because judgmental is, is when we put ourselves in the place of being the judge. Of saying, I disapprove of what you're doing. I don't think what you're doing is right. That's, that's being judgmental. There's a difference between being judgmental and using good judgment. Good judgment is when you look at your own life and you say, I know me. I know what I'm like. I know that if I go to this place with you, if I hang out with you too much, I I can see the impact it's having on my life. I'm not judging you for who you are or what you do. I'm I'm judging me. I'm looking at me. I, I know that that God's got me on this journey. I have these visions and these plans and this direction I want to go in my life and where I want to take my family and who I want to be. And, and I've noticed that when I, when I tend to spend too much time with this person or this group of people, it affects that journey. It affects who I want to be. And this is tough, but maybe God's challenging some of us this morning to, to create some margin, to create some space in some of those negative relationships in our lives. Because of where it's sending us. Because our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. And sadly, as a pastor, over the years, I've got to have conversations with many people and sometimes I'll I'll talk to someone who's walking through a difficult time and oftentimes it'll, it'll start with, well, we started to do this, we started to hang out with these people or... I'll spend a lot of time with this person. Our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our life. So we may need to create some margin to improve the relationships that are healthy, and we may need to create some margin, some space to distance ourselves a little bit from those unhealthy relationships. But whatever it's going to take, we might need to make some more margin, some more space 
in our life this week. Now, I realize that there are some situations that you have no control of. Maybe there's somebody you work with and they're having an impact on you and you're like, well, what can I do? I work with this person all the time. I get that. Maybe one of the things you can do is, is look to counterbalance that by trying to find some other relationships. That's why we're so passionate about small groups here at Connect because we love seeing you being able to connect with, with people who are on the same mission as you, the same vision to want to wanna grow in their marriage and their relationship with God and their parenting and wherever else these, these small groups might lead us. It's a great way to grow to find those healthy relationships. So here's what we're going to do to close out the service this morning. We did this last week. We're going to do it again today. So last week we took a couple of minutes and we pulled out a note card. And if you brought your note card back this morning, well done. You can write on that card. If you didn't, uh, we do have some extra ones in the seat pocket in front of you. Last week we paused just to take a moment to write about our work-life balance and what's something small that we can do in the coming week to maybe help that. I want, I want you to just think about the relationships in your life right now. Just for two minutes here, the band are going to play and you've got a moment and maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe it's your relationship with your family. Maybe there's a relationship in your life that you realize this, it's not helping where I'm headed right now. Write something down. Write something down. Write something. This could be like a, a prayer, a commitment to God saying, God, this is an area of my life when it comes to my relationships, I need to create just a little bit more margin.